Well, hello, guys. Welcome to the Elsa Kurt Show. I'm Elsa Kurt, and today I have back with me my good friend, Christopher Adamo. He is the author of Rules for Defeating Radicals, and this is the book to counter the Alinsky strategy, which is absolutely in play constantly right now. Chris, thank you so much for for coming back on the show with me. I appreciate it. Always great to see you, Elsa. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I enjoyed our conversation so much last time. You you were so informative. And, and I think I told you then, you tell these things, you explain these things in a way that someone like me, who is not in this arena, not really, um, can understand it. And, and I appreciate that so much because uh, it, this is such important information things we need to know. Um, I want to jump right in. Tell me what what's going on right now. I mean, there is a lot, and that's such a broad question, right? There's so much going on right now from uh, the, the Mar-a-Lago raid uh, to these, uh, de- these primary defeats, these big ones. Liz Cheney, obviously, is a big one. So uh, I'm giving you free reign, sir. Where do you want to start? Oh, this could take uh, all day just to start because, like you said, we're we're getting hit from twenty different angles at once. That's part of the strategy: overwhelm you with it. So, uh, you know, I think Hillary perfected that, where it's like you have scandal fatigue because they're doing something new today, and so we quit talking about what they were doing yesterday, and it gets brushed aside. Um, that's that's one of the things they do with us uh, right now. This morning, uh, I saw a report that uh, the DOJ slash FBI slash KGB, and I'll go into that at length if you want me to, uh, they, they put out some picture. Now, mind you, they redacted that uh, that warrant. You know, we couldn't see any of that because that was so crucial that we didn't know all the, uh, the, the details on that. They put out this, uh, this picture of this uh, table full of papers, and these are the top secret documents that they collected from Trump. Um, for them to do a thing like that, is uh, something, I mean, it's it's so uh, abhorrent that they would behave that way. But the good side of it is that what it's really showing us is they're engaged in major damage control. Um, they, they pull these stunts thinking that they're going to be so high up on their moral high ground that uh, they're protecting the country from this evil person and uh, people aren't buying it anymore. And uh, then they come out and and they start talking about how questioning the integrity of the FBI is somehow unpatriotic. Um, in in other words, back to Alinsky, uh, mm-hmm. we're all supposed to accept their terms uh, of the debate. And for us to see something flagrantly abhorrent like that, flagrantly unconstitutional, total violation of the Fourth Amendment, total violation of any precedent. For us to question it, somehow now we're the bad guys. See, now they're clawing their way up under their phony moral high ground again. It's not working. People aren't buying it. People aren't accepting their whole narrative on Mar-a-Lago. And, and we're seeing what's really at play there. And now they're in damage control mode, which is a good sign. It means we need to keep speaking the truth against them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all their attempts to silence anyone and everyone who is speaking loudly uh, with, you know, big platforms, um, you know, they're silencing them here, but they're not silencing them everywhere. And that just makes us want to follow and learn more. So, uh, you know, everything seems to be backfiring on them. Is is that accurate or or do you think they are still winning this this evil, evil game that they're playing? 
I'm going to sound like a political answer here. It's some of both, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, my latest commentary, uh, don't know if you got to see it. I'll send it to you mm-hmm. if you haven't. But my latest commentary was on the, the red wave mm-hmm. and how we've got this huge momentum. And now we've got to make sure that we don't uh, we don't lose that. And there's several things that, that we've got to do. Um, typically, at a point like this, our side basks in our laurels and, and we drop the ball. Um, that's what they're counting on. They're, they're still pulling the, the same old thing of, you know, trying to make us embarrassed to speak the truth. You know, our discussion of the 2020 election is, is, is just more, more of that, where you can't say that you can't talk about that. Now you're a conspiracy nut. Now uh, you're, you're anti-democratic. If you say that the 2020 election was stolen, well, guess what guys, it was stolen. We watched it happen. We can quote stats all day on it. And, and we're not going to back off from that. If our side stays on the offensive that way, with the election, with Mar-a-Lago, we can go down the list of everything else. I got a whole bunch of stuff here. Uh, if we stay on the offensive with that, um, we, can, we can start driving them back. If we start wanting to play nice with them and can we find common ground? Can we end the rancor? Do we want to go into a civil war or can we be quiet and, and let's just all see what, how we can meet in the middle or whatever? At that point, we lose. So um, the, in, in that sense, the ball is totally in our court. Uh, it really always has been. Um, and they have to play dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that doesn't work, then they play dirtier. And at some point, they get to the point where they're screaming, uh, you know, such hysterical uh, accusations that they look totally ridiculous. Um, and at that point, we've won. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit more about, you know, this this gets tossed around a lot. The idea, the notion of a modern civil war. Um, and I, I expect, you know, of course, when we think of the Civil War, we think of the Civil War, right. uh, you know, and this is modern times. I mean, I, I feel like the Civil War here and now is fought more on a virtual uh, platform via social media, via, um, you know, elections and all of these things. I mean, what is it? What does or would, you know, uh, give, give me this hypothetical, I guess, idea of what a civil war in our times would actually look like. And, and this will probably get me in trouble because they're going to say I'm inciting something. But And that's what they always do. They're going to yeah. say you're inciting something while they tell people to burn down cities if they don't get their way. So yes. right off the bat, like you said, we are not going to pull our punches based on whether or not they can make accusations against us. Okay, now let's talk about warfare. We can go all the way back to Sun Tzu. Warfare is actually not about destroying your enemy. Never was, never will be. Warfare is about convincing your enemy that it's futile to fight you. Mm-hmm. Now, back in the day, they did that with uh, with uh, pikes and bayonets. Uh, eventually, they started using muskets, uh, tanks, airplanes. And then, as you said, recently, it's gone to where it's informational. Here's the thing. They will fight it in any means, including going back to the street violence. They'll fight it in any means by which they think they can win. Mm-hmm. Um, if, we, if we say that we will fight it informationally, but we're going to, gosh, we're going to avoid anything that they'll accuse us of inciting, then all they have to do is start accusing us of inciting mm-hmm. if we even oppose them and we've lost. Okay. And on any basis that we back off and say we won't go there, that's where they're going to go. It's just that simple. Um, at this point, the Civil War would be informational. If they don't think they can win it that way, 
they'll get back onto the streets. They already were. We saw them in, in 2020 with the, with the massive riots. They were declaring war on America. And you didn't have leftist Democrats like Pelosi talking about the threat to the Constitution and having her, her little lackey Liz Cheney agreeing with her. You didn't have that back when that was going on. Um, you didn't have when when they went into the uh, Wisconsin state capitol, you know, by force, when they went into the United States Supreme Court uh, by force, you didn't have these people saying this was a threat to democracy uh, like you did on January 6th, uh, because at that point they were on their 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 uh, advance. They were on the offensive. And um, frankly, how many people got arrested over either of those two events? If they can win it that way, they will. If they can win it just by getting us to roll over and say, we want to get along, guys, and we all want to be nice people, that's how they'll do it. So what we've got to do is we've got to be ready. Um, we're looking at major things that, that are, are cause for uh, very, very uh, energetic responses. They're trying to, and well, not just trying, they're actually uh, destroying the lives of, of innocent children in the schools. They're, I mean, we're, this is worse than any child molesting that ever went on. And it's public and it's sanctioned and taxpayers are paying for it. And we're saying, well, we can't do anything uh, aggressive to respond to that. Well, at that point, we've become guilty. So I, I would say if we're ready to do whatever it takes to stop them, the moment we show them that, the moment they know that, the moment they know that we're going to take sides on every issue, we're going to be on the right side or the wrong side. At that point, suddenly there's so many more of us than there are of them, and we win. But if we try to finesse our way through this, and maybe we can just get along, and maybe we'll start you know, settling things amicably, then they just keep advancing. And that does seem to be our, our downfall on the right, that we want to be civil. We want to do things right and proper. And in we're fighting against someone who, uh, you know, the rules, their rules are we change the rules whenever we want to change the rules. Yes. Right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how they do it. And I, I, when I say our side, I'm talking in general terms yeah. because we have a whole cross section of people. But so many among us stand there and it's like our hands are open. It's like, how can they do that? That that That's not what they said last week. Right. Well, guess what? They're leftists, which yeah. by definition means they're liars, they're hypocrites. Mm -hmm. So of course they're going to fight dirty. Right. Uh, and I, thought, I agree with you, Chris. I, I think, you know, when I say, I agree with you, when I say uh, our side, my side, all of that, I, I mean, I simply mean sane people. <laughs> yep. Same people with, uh, you know, good morals, good intentions who who want to do the right things um, for the right. That reason. defines that defines the battle. One hundred percent. I'm sorry to interrupt you. you know. But that is the battle lines. It is. You know, it's not Republicans versus right. Democrats with slightly different economic views. You're talking good versus evil. Mm -hmm. It always has been that it's really out in the open now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I used to say that, um, you know, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I feel like we can come together with the with some simple questions. And, and this used to I believe it used to hold true that you could say these things and then there would be this, you know, coming together moment where you're like, oh, yeah. And, and I always said that, you know, if um, if you we both want to raise our children uh in healthy, happy, safe environments. We want, you know, great education. We want to be able to work and, and earn a living and do all of these obvious things. And I always said, you know, I think we can all agree on that. And now we're at a point where there are people that 
can't agree with that. Like, doesn't matter which side you're on. We all agree that these are the things we want in life. But then you have this faction, this extreme left, these radical lefts who don't care about any of that. Not even one little bit. You know, they'll tell you whatever you want to hear. Oh, yeah, we care about education. We care about, you know, um, uh, health care. We care about all these things. They don't care about anything except you're, for winning. Right. You're nailing it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you one thing, though. Now, back when we said that and, you know, I, I, I did, too. Think about this. Think about where things were back at that time. And they were even back then moving inexorably to the left. It was happening. They could do it under this uh, this banner of collegiality and 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 all that. But it was moving that way. Mm-hmm. At some point, we said this has really gone too far. We've got to stop this. And that's when we we began to dig in our heels. That's when it got nasty. It wasn't nasty until then because they didn't have to be nasty. They could right. they could pre- they present themselves their way. that way, and they were getting their their way. So mm-hmm. uh, um, what has changed is. First of all, our awareness of their real intent, and I'm so glad you said the thing you did just did because that's back to plugging my book a little bit. That's one of the two major premises of the book, is that leftists never truly care about any issue that they claim to champion. Never. It's always a matter of using that issue to to advance their agenda. Yeah, absolutely. I want to um, I want to bright side a little bit for a moment here because there's so much, um, you know, what feels like doom and gloom with everything that's going on. And it, it is insane. Um, a couple of things. Thanks to your article, by the way, uh, your recent article, uh, Red Wave Victories. Great, great stuff. And uh, we'll put the link up for people to find that, too, because it's uh, really good information. It's just as always, so well written. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, one of the bright sides here is you mentioned the uh, North Carolina Education First uh, Alliance. Is that right? Education yeah. First Alliance. Um, they're making some headway there. There, Some good things are happening, right? Talk, talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Well, it, the, the group, it's headed up by a lady named Sloan Rockmuth. Um, she's, she's just a great patriot and a great fighter. Um, they're attacking her. Uh, on on every possible basis that they can. And um, she has done such a sterling job of rallying North Carolina grassroots to start going after uh, these total abominations in the education system. And it isn't just North Carolina. It's happening elsewhere. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Miami-Dade Board of Education uh, totally flipped in this last uh, election they had to where now they have a majority of conservative votes there. And you're going to hear all kinds of outrage from the left over that. But uh, back back to that Education First Alliance, they just said, here's what's going on. If if you like it, we can't help you. If you don't like it, here's how you need to get involved. And I don't know this for a fact. I don't have the, the intelligence on this, but I'm just positive that they were the reason they were so effective in, in rallying uh, parents and concerned citizens and actually confronting these school boards over this just horrendous stuff going on in the schools that uh, I think they were the reason that Merrick Garland put out that thing that parents at school board meetings are terrorists. Now, look at what Antifa has done over the last few years. Look at ISIS and look at uh, you know these people coming across the border. And we can talk about that all day. Mm-hmm. And look at the, the real threats to America going on. And yet here's Merrick Garland the supposed attorney general saying, here's the real terrorists and their parents at school board meetings who don't want their kids poisoned with this leftist 
this toxic leftist ideology. Right. Um, these people are scared to death of the light of day. Yeah. And when, when people like Sloan Rockmuth and, and the Education First Alliance start shining the light on them, um, that's that's their biggest fear. That's that's the, the thing that they cannot contend with. I told you last interview, I think, that uh, when the Soviet Union had, uh, in its peak in, in the 70s and 80s, had 30,000 nuclear warheads pointed at the United States of America, and we had approximately 10,000 pointed back at them, and ours were a lot more accurate and, and everything. What they feared more than any of that was the possibility of people in their own population having printing presses because people getting the word out like you're doing now and like like we do with emails and with text messages and with true social and things like this to to network amongst us and to deal with their lies and their propaganda front they can't handle that they can't handle that amount of truth and so they've got they've got to completely stop it yeah absolutely do you um do you feel like enough people are are waking up I, you know, I look at my, I, my reference a lot of times is uh, my comment section in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in my videos and, and the majority and, and granted, you know, uh, especially on, on platforms like TikTok, which is the one I'm referring to, um, you, you're, you, you get populated with people like-minded typically. Mm -hmm. uh, so of course there's going to be a lot of people that come on there and agree, but every once in a while, somebody from the other side yeah. <laughs> over and um and boy they they frighten me they really do and not because they're they're um uh you know trying to uh, threaten me or anything like that that would actually make me laugh um but because they're so adamant they're so adamant and and they say things mind-blowing things like joe biden's the greatest president we've <laughs> ever had he's doing amazing things and and I can't believe that you're sitting, you know, here um, today at, at this point in time with what's going on with the economy, what's going on all around the world and seriously saying that. So these are the people, and I think I said something along those lines, our last conversation, these are the people that scary, scare me the most because they don't see what's right in front of their faces. Um, are there more of them or more of us? Is it impossible to tell? Well, I would say this, um, going back to that thing that the DOJ put out this morning, if they thought that they actually had those numbers, um, they wouldn't be doing things like that. They would just mm -hmm. be kind of kind of swatting us aside. Um, remember, I, I uh, reference back to Alinsky there, it wasn't rules for the majority, it was rules for radicals. Mm -hmm. Okay, for starters, you can't believe anything about these people. You got to look at every single situation and and ask you know what is what is really going on behind this now those people that are speaking so adamantly um that that uh, joe biden is the greatest president ever um they wouldn't be saying that if they didn't feel like they had to rally the troops okay mm -hmm. um we when we had uh, george bush as president we weren't going around saying he was the greatest president ever um, we, you know, we just, if he's doing the right thing, we'll talk about it. If he's not, we'll talk about it. Um, but, but when these people say this kind of stuff, it's, it's, we come on guys, we got to hold together and maintain this facade. And, uh, again, that's why I used uh, as my book cover, a house of cards, because any truth gets in there and it collapses. The fact that they're talking about Joe Biden in such ridiculous terms, first of all, every report that I ever see, it's president Biden wants or president biden intends 
And let's start off three things. First of all, he's not president. He doesn't intend anything because he's repeating what he hears in the little microphone in his ear. And sometimes he does a really bad job of that. I got one this morning where uh, he's, he's trying, he's up there. And if he wasn't such a lifelong leftist, I'd literally feel sorry for him at this point. He is an abused senior at this point. And granted, he, he set that stage, but, but there, you know, who knows what chemicals are pumping into him to keep him going as long as possible. He yeah. made a comment that um, the AR-15 has a bullet that's five times faster than any other gun. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, if Trump said that, that would have been 24-7 news for weeks. Right. And, and it would still be mentioned on a regular basis for years afterwards. Um, yeah, the, the, you're so right. You're it's, so it's a fragile facade is what this yeah. comes down to. It's a very fragile facade, um, which is why these people you see, those actually aren't the scary ones to me because th those are the minions. Mm. Those are the ones that are sent out there to desperately hold that house of cards in place. Um, you, they, they've got to do it. They've got to deny reality. They're the flat earthers among all of mm. us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and they have nothing of real substance on which to base it. So that, so they make these blanket claims. Uh, you know, I saw somebody yesterday uh, trying to say, I think it was on Twitter, trying to say that, uh, Biden's energy policy is good for the world, you know, uh, and it's like because of what Biden is doing, um, we're we're so much stronger as a nation. And Trump was somehow kowtowing to the Saudis. Now, Trump, with the oil flow that we're exporting oil, Saudi Arabia was totally undercut in, in their ability to wield their their influence. And here's this person saying exactly the opposite again. Their goal is to keep their, their house of cards in place at any cost. And unlike you and me, when we realize at some point we got a fact wrong, I've got to go back and correct that. I don't right. want to be dishonest. Okay. Yep. We have this, this, this thing in us called conscience that, that determines that. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have this thing in us called conscience that determines that. They don't have that. For right. them, a lie is a good thing if it works. Hypocrisy is a great thing mm -hmm. if it puts them at an advantage over us. Yeah, they'll just double down. They'll double down. You watch the uh, press secretary there. She just doubles down. She doesn't even blink. Uh, yeah, there, just, there I, is. It's, you know, I, I give her, you know, some warped form of credit at her dedication to the lie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's an arrogance is what yeah. I, you know, comes across as to me as so arrogant, you know, uh, uh, Ducey, I, I love Peter Ducey, of course, who doesn't, he's just the greatest. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just constantly zings her with things and she just, you know, does that dead stare right back and goes, no, 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 yeah. don't know what you're talking about. And that's to me always, you know, their level of gaslighting is, is always what just makes my head explode that, you know, any, anyone, <laughs> you know, you talk about people always talk about getting triggered. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a favorite leftist turn. I'm triggered. Um, right. and I'm going to use it in this context and, and own it a little bit and say, boy, oh boy, if, if you are somebody who gets triggered by gaslighting, don't watch her speak. Don't watch any of them speak because it's wow. I mean, it's, Stellar. That's actually not a bad way to approach it. Uh, if if these things if these things do upset you that way, mm -hmm. uh, recognize where they're coming from. You don't want to be uninformed on the enemy, but we don't have to sit there. You know, if I'm in a restaurant and MSNBC is going on on the TV up on the wall, it does start to ruin my meal if I let it. And, yeah. and we we have to um, make a decision 
of whether or not we're going to do that. The people that concern me much more than than, than uh, that press secretary, who's uh, she's an absolute joke. The people who concern me are the people on our side mm. who say, well, we can't be too extreme. We can't. Well, guess who defines extreme? And, and if we accept that, they're going to keep moving the boundaries of extreme in their direction. Uh, and so we have the upper hand if we will hold on to it and if we will wield it. Um, I think the you know uh, primary race there in Wyoming a, a few days back on the 16th, I believe it was, or the 18th, mm-hmm. um, is perfect example. Uh, here's Liz Cheney, a Republican. Uh, and I might have told you before, I, I lived in Wyoming for 32 yes. years. I moved from there in 2018, got lots of connections back there. And uh, the the cheat was on. The, the, the actual vote that Liz Cheney got in a Republican primary was, I mean, she got beaten very soundly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't really because everybody loved Harriet Hageman, her, her opponent. I'm really concerned about that. That's a whole different story. Hope okay. she doesn't turn out to be another Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. But this was a vote against Liz Cheney. This was the people of Wyoming saying, I will vote for a rusty nail versus Liz Cheney mm-hmm. because it has more integrity. Um, and, and yet, you know, she's still out there grandstanding. She looks pretty pathetic right now. But she was on that leftist moral high ground. She, and you, you listen to anything she says, she's the guardian of the Constitution. She's the guardian of law and order as she sits between Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff mm-hmm. and, and, and talks about how somehow they're, they're on the right side of things. It isn't working. Uh, it only worked in Wyoming insofar that she got elected because Wyomingites, the whole time I was there, the biggest frustration was that the, the Wyoming Republican Party was a, it was a uniparty. Uh, and they they just ran things from the top down and people let it happen. You know, if you're the guy working at the hardware store on Main Street, if they stay away from a state income tax, they stay away from the Second Amendment. I really don't care about politics. And and so um, people had shut that out. Well, this changed things. And I think it's a harbinger of things to come across the nation. Yeah, we can. Um, I, I'm I and many others are, are praying for that to be the case. Uh, that red wave we talk about, um, those red wave victories are are a very very big deal. And uh, it's you know based on everything that you're saying and based on my understanding, it's really on us, the the, the people, the the citizens, the American people, to keep them on task, keep our representatives on task and doing the things that we want and need them to do um, instead of getting swayed by, you know, yeah. uh, that that whole. Right. You're the only one. That's yeah. that's 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 the Alinsky strategy. You're the only one that thinks this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people buy into that and they start uh, pulling their punches. And well, I don't want to sound too extreme. I'll go to this extent, uh, and this may sound this may sound radical in itself, that we have only ever lost the battles that we conceded, that we could have been winning these battles a long time ago had we had we not tried to work with them and try to assume good intentions on their part and things like that. And some of it, again, we both were guilty that we talked about that. Some of it was a lack of full understanding of what we were dealing with. Uh, when it crosses over from that to cowardice, then you've got only yourself to blame, nothing else. Because if you won't take that stand and they know you won't take that stand, yeah, they're going to they're going to challenge you on that. And they don't win, you lose. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense, Chris. Absolutely. I, I think you're so right. You're so spot on. <laughs> well, um, I want to ask you one more thing before I, I finally let you go here for, for this time. Um, so <laughs> I appreciate I, that, by the way. I love I love visiting with you. Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> um, so I, I watched a, I watched a Sleepy Creepy Joe talking and um you got to tell me if this is a tactic. I, I don't know what this was, but I my jaw dropped when when I heard this. Uh, he said um, point blank, almost verbatim, we don't want to defund the police. We want to fund the police. This was a complete change of tactic from what they've been saying all along. I mean, they have run this platform to death to defund the police and police accountability bills and all of these things. And and now all of a sudden, last night or yesterday or uh, whatever that actually was, everything was the other day for me. So I'm just calling it <laughs> the other day. Um, that's how my brain works or, or doesn't work. Um, and now what is this? What is this madness? Because anybody with half a brain who's been paying attention does not buy this. <laughs> you, you qualified that perfectly. Anybody with half a brain. <laughs> now, um, these people have an agenda. The agenda is to amass power. Mm -hmm. um, back to the, the, the previous statement, it's like we keep going back to these things because these are fundamental principles. The left does not care about any issue they claim to champion, any. You think they really cared about George Floyd? You think they really say Black Lives Matter when, when you have these Black-on-Black -black crimes in these cities going nuts because of what they've done? No, at that point, that was the best way to manipulate people to gain power. Now they seem to think that this is. Now you're saying, how can they do this when it's so inconsistent? Well, your minions, the ones that, that, that started uh, giving you those messages on Twitter about he's the greatest president, They'll ignore what they want to ignore. And, and so if this one doesn't fit, they'll ignore it. If they happen to be in a city where crime is running rampant, it's, oh, good. The Democrats have a plan, just like the Democrats have a plan for energy. Uh, the Democrats have a plan for national security. The Democrats have a plan for, for education. Anytime they want to look for something like that to justify it, they can. But they've got to ignore last week's lies because last week's lies were only for last week's debate. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like what it looked and felt like was that, you know, throwing throwing the spaghetti at the wall to see what would stick. Yep. And, and it feels like, you know, that that's what they do a lot of the time. They're just throwing everything at the wall to see what will stick. And they uh, and I guess they calculate really well. Uh, in their insanity, because it does stick. It does stick. Like you said, there are people that are going to say, oh, they're, you know, they're going to eradicate crime in the inner cities. Yay, Democrats. Yeah. And meanwhile, we've been sitting here the whole time saying you cannot defund the police. You have to fund them so that they have the resources and the training and the tools. And the and now they're like, oh, yeah, no, that was our idea. No, we came up with that. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's take, madness. They're take their ideology back to its roots. It's yeah. Marxism. Mm -hmm. Marxism was a lie. The whole thing was a lie. Therefore, it can only be advanced through lies. And that's the way they operate. It's yeah. no more complicated than that. Yep. Absolutely. Chris, we are running low on time. Um, here's what I'm hoping that you'll come back on and talk with me about. I want to um I want you to talk to me, talk to us about uh 
this thing that's been going on, this weaponization of our federal agencies, the the FBI. I want to go back and talk more about the FBI and what's going on because there's there's so much to say there with that and these other federal agencies. So tell me I can get you back on maybe next week. Is that too crazy? It's tomorrow if you want. Absolutely. <laughs> You're the it's, best. It's, it, it's worth it. It that is a topic, a defining topic yeah. of the time. Because just real quickly, they have got to, and this is the way Marxism works, keep their useful idiots idiots in order to keep them useful until they can get it past that tipping point to war when they say, wait a minute, something's really wrong here. Now you don't have the power to do anything about it. That's what they're shooting for. And so, yes, that that topic is worth a whole discussion in and of itself. That's how the Alinsky strategy works and the Marxist strategy works. Excellent. All right. Not excellent that that's happening, but excellent that we're going to talk about that. Um, Okay. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to have you on again, probably next week, if you're able and willing. And um, to the rest of you guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, This was Christopher Adamo. Go check out his book, Rules for Defeating Radicals. You can get it on Amazon. And we will see you in the next episode. Take care, guys. Hey, family, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the reader in your life, why not check out one of my books? They're all available on Amazon and most major online book retailers, as well as elsacurt.com. Hey guys, Elsa here. I want to share a really exciting opportunity I have for you. If your goal is to write and publish a book, but you're overwhelmed and uncertain of the process, I've got something amazing for you. It is an audio course called Path to Authorship that I have created, especially for new and aspiring authors. I have been exactly where you are right now. When I began my writing journey, I took a leap of faith, flew by the seat of my pants, and landed on my face. I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but that's okay because I learned so much from each one. It's because of these growth experiences that I can help you on your journey. So whether you've just started writing your manuscript or you've had one ready and waiting for years, something has held you back. Well, now you can stop postponing your dream because help is here. As a traditionally and self-published author of over 20 books, plus countless articles, blogs, and writer's guides, and having appeared on author panels, television, YouTube, radio, and print, plus my own podcasts, I've learned quite a bit about the writing, publishing, and promoting process. Now I'm ready to share what I've learned with you. Inside this amazing course, the roadblocks to writing and how to overcome them. Discover what kind of writer you are, setting goals, creating and implementing a routine, word count goals, all the fundamentals of writing, editing, types of editors, publishing, your book cover and title, promoting and marketing, and so much more. If you're interested in this amazing opportunity to get your writing journey started, check out the link in the show.